If you're going to move forward in your life, you have to recognize and understand emotions in yourself and others. It's very difficult to notice aspects of ourselves that cause problems and keep us from reaching our full potential if we can't see ourselves clearly. This is why we're here. This is Twombo and you're listening to Tea Time with Twombo. Let's begin. So welcome to Tea Time with Twombo. This is Twombo, your host. And today I have a special guest. His name is Mark De Jesus, And he runs the podcast Transform You with his wife. I really love listening to them. They have been uh, detrimental in helping me get over a few things in my soul, in my mind, and helping my walk with Christ and improving my relationship. So thank you so much, Mark, for agreeing to be on the podcast. It's so awesome to be here. And I look forward to uh, our talk today. So I want to jump right in. Um, you have written a book about rejection and, you know, talking to a lot of my friends, this is an issue that we realize that we have and we don't know how to tackle it. So I want to jump right into rejection is the first thing we're going to talk about. What is suffering from rejection and how is it affecting our lives, especially, you know, us millennials? And I would say, you know, from like 24 to 35, we seem to be the generation that is struggling the most with this. So maybe you can tell us what it is and yeah, how is it affecting us? Well, I think that one of the challenges in being a millennial, but also in being a person in the category of like 20s, late teens, and then into 20s is uh, we can feel invincible. I know I did. So it's like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of wounds that we, that we don't know that we have. So sometimes Mm -hmm. it's, it's difficult to know how to process it. So I would, you know, say, you know, very common for guys my age, I'm just out of the millennial category. I'm more like what they call Generation X. (laughs) And uh, I get lost in the labels, but they, (laughs) you know, a lot of guys my age would say, you know, my dad never told me he loved me, but I'm fine. You know, and and so there was this invincibility you felt. And then as I got older, I realized, uh, you know, these crashes I came to emotionally where I'm like, wow, I got to deal with some stuff. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 one of the things that um, I started to realize was not only did I have rejection, but I had what I call a rejection mindset. I had a rejection root in my life mm-hmm. that um, places that were not loved, mentored, fathered, um, that were, were, were rooted in strong identity, rejection would take that place. So I try to help people understand that there is an aspect of relational rejection that you experience. Then there's this thing that I'm trying to help educate people on, on what I call a rejection mindset, which is like, okay, there are certain events that we feel rejected, but then we carry that now in our life. Then there are those events where we weren't like directly rejected, but we weren't loved. And, and so rejection takes that place now where it's going to condition you to live in a way that you try to earn love, approve love, uh, or try to win approval by what you do. Mm. So, so when it comes to identifying how it affects you, I think it's first realizing how do I get my sense of love and validation? What make, or, or even if people have trouble with that, like, let's start really basic. What makes you feel good, right? Mm-hmm. And for most people, uh, not that it's evil, but for most people, it's like, I feel good when I've accomplished something. I feel good when I am in this role. Okay, mm-hmm. well, what happens if that role is no longer there? 
So it's like, well, I feel great when I have a great day at work. Okay, what happens if you lose your job? Uh, we crumble, right? Because our identity is wrapped up. And now what I feel for with you bring up millennials is we have this social media world that I didn't grow up with. I didn't have to think about likes, loves, you know, shares and those kind of things. It was, um, it was much more basic in interaction. We certainly had our drama, but now you have this whole nother added layer of a artificial world that creates an artificial fix for feeling validated, but no matter how much you get it, it's not going to satisfy. Then you have all these other people that don't get that validation. So now they're feeling, you know, what's wrong with me? What, you know, what, what, what am I missing? Um, so I think that we really need to be aware God is doing a work of reestablishing the foundation of what it means to be loved, what it means to know who you are, and what it means to have real fruitful relationships. And I found in my journey, which collided in basically a nervous breakdown of massive anxiety, panic attacks, depression, all like just really manifested at the same time. Obsessive thinking patterns. I was just, I would, you know, I'd call it just a a hot mess. Mm. And it was in that, that God showed me, this isn't about like fixing that symptomatic thing. The symptom is leading down to a root. Mm -hmm. The root is you don't really feel loved by God. You don't really know who you are. And intimacy is tough. And, and, and so once I invited God to heal those areas and I, I saw rejection, it's like almost like in the matrix when the guy takes the pill, right? right. It's like, it's like pff, I just saw this whole new schematic now. Wow, everyone's living under rejection. They're, they're <laughs> not really feeling loved. Like everyone's, everyone's needy or they're performing or yeah. we're just all broken people trying to find love. So that became a deep passion for me. That's like, if we can uncover the root, if we can be honest with realizing, okay, I've got some issues in one of those three areas, love, identity, and relationships. Mm-hmm. Then I can start going, what's the hindrance? What's the mindset I keep falling into that keeps me on a unfulfilling pathway? Do you find that when you are working with people about rejection, there's a difference in the amount of work you have to do if a person was rejected earlier in life, for example, if they were in middle school or primary school and the kids didn't want to play with them on the playground, um, to somebody that maybe was homeschooled and got all of this love, but then they became a teenager and then were rejected then, is there a difference on how you would deal with that kind of rejection mindset or is it the same across the board? I think there are some similarities across the board. That's a great question, by the way. I think there's some similarities across the board that we all have. Um, you, you have the people that were like traumatized early on and, and it takes them a long time to realize that that affected them, that that wasn't, you know, God's intended way, that, um, you know, that there was better for them. And then you talk about, like you mentioned, somebody in a homeschooling environment, um, they may have had a comfortable setting, mm-hmm. but were they equipped? So, for example, one of the things I, I, I teach a lot about is the role of a father, because that's where a lot of our brokenness resides in. God is a father, so we relate to God our father, often through the lens of our earthly father relationship. So wherever we struggle, it usually goes back to that, right? So I'll have these instances where I'll say to people, tell me about your father relationship. And I'll, this happens a lot. 
My father was wonderful. <laughs> oh, he was amazing. Yeah. So it's like they have a fairy tale father image, right? I know that off the jump because it's like, come on, you know, everybody's got their issues. You know, I, I am very, very active in my fathering and I have my issues. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 there's, everybody's got their stuff. So as I'm digging in, I'll go, okay, I'll go with you. Your father was Jesus Christ incarnate. Okay. But clearly he didn't equip you for the real world. Your relationships are jacked up. You're always anxious. You, you, you get all this resistance. So, and you don't know how to handle it. So there's, 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 there's a role that a father played in, in, in helping to establish unconditional love identity. But he's also got to prepare you to be equipped in the real world. He can't just, oh, I love you, love you, love you, love you, love you. It's like he needs to walk with you and initiate you into what real life is like. You know, the father did this with Jesus. He says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He gives the verbal affirmation, love, and acceptance, right? But then it's like, all right, time to go in the wilderness. Time, <laughs> right. to, get this, time to get this tested. <laughs> Everything I just told you needs to be tested now. Mm-hmm. And then when you come out of that, your ministry is going to take place. So, mm-hmm. so I think that um, to answer your question, I think everybody has different ways it manifests, but it usually comes down to what love was, what, where we got our identity, and were we equipped. So if you're not loved properly, your identity is going to get jacked up in some way. You're going to create an identity out of what was missing. So for example, you ask people, uh, what was your relationship like with their father? And they'll say, well, he... Um, he, he, was, he was an alcoholic. Okay, that's going to create a lot of issues. So what did you have to become to try to gain his approval and love? So maybe when he was drunk, you adjusted and, 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 and you kept like altering yourself towards whatever was coming your way. And so now you're a people pleaser and, and you have mood uh, stability issues because you mm. never knew what you were getting when, you, when he came home. So how can we begin to let God heal that father image so you can recover your identity that isn't attached to what you had to be for him out of his woundedness and brokenness? Mm-hmm. So, um, so uh, unique pathways and where it goes, but we all have the same root issue that needs, um, that needs addressing. You said a very interesting word. You talked about intimacy. You know, once you've gone through rejection and your perception is skewed, right? You can't be intimate with other people. And I guess you can't be intimate with yourself either, right? You can't stand your own company in silence because you're like, hey, nobody likes me. I don't like me. So um, how does rejection affect intimacy with ourselves and with other people? Does it, how does it skew it? It, the first thing it does is it blocks it. It blocks the receptivity. So in, in a Christian perspective, the number one honest thing that Christians share about struggling is not feeling close to God. They mm-hmm. don't feel his love. They don't feel connected. If they're honest, you know, you have to kind of get through like 10 layers of, you know. Scripture <laughs> quoting. Oh, okay, so you know what I'm talking about. Scripture <laughs> quoting. Hymn singing. Yeah. You know, I know who I am and God loves me. And then you get honest with them and then they're crying and then they're like, I don't know if he loves me. Okay, now we finally got some honesty. 
So that's yeah. the sign of rejection. The number one sign of a rejection root is a feeling of separation. And that's mm-hmm. the thing that it brings about, a sense of separation to the wavelength of my Father in heaven, because in the work of Christ, as a work of the Holy Spirit, he loves me and he's right here, he's with me. So from an early age, the first thing is the lie that there's a sense of distance and separation. So that's stage one. Then stage two is what we feel compelled to do to try to fix it. And that's, that's so for me and most people, it's like, oh, I, feel, I don't feel close to God. And then I kind of just, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in that, you know, if I, if I only prayed more, maybe I should pray more. I want to pray more. Okay, God, I want to know you. I want to know you. And then it's like, oh, I need to worship. You know, you know what it is? <laughs> I know what it is. I need to fast. I need to fast, right? And so then we're, we're sitting in church and then somebody gives a testimony and they're like, and they're like, I went through this, this situation, this thing, and God told me, sell everything you have. And we go, that's why I'm not close to God. I need to sell everything I have and I haven't done that, right? So now we're in, um, we're in this like performance hamster wheel of trying to think of what it is we can do to fix it. And it puts all the weight and burden of us in the relationship. So one scripture saved my life, and that's the scripture that says we love him because he first loved us. And the light bulb went on. It's about receiving. I've never learned how to just be loved, and it's not modeled in our relational structure. We do relationships based on a project. We're all our relationships are. We're doing something together. We're a part of this. We're, so even in church, church becomes another one of those. We're doing stuff together. Right, we're in the right. choir, the worship team. You're on this committee. You're on leadership. You're in youth group. You're, you're teachers, whatever. You're part of a group. And, and, and if that's not there, there's nothing. People don't know what to do. So, mm-hmm. so it's like realizing that at first, rejection's number one thing to first is to create the lie of separation from his love. Now, mm-hmm. if, you're, if, if we're not a believer, then that's solved through receiving Christ. And, and, and the Bible says, God has not given a spirit of bondage again to fear, but of sonship by which we, of adoption by which we cry out, Abba. So immediately, God says that connection's there. You're now sons, you're joint heirs with Christ. I believe that Romans 8, 15 is where rejection wants to interfere. It, mm-hmm. it, it's like, the devil's not so concerned about you like becoming born again. He wants to interfere with your sense of connectivity. So you spend the rest of your Christian life just struggling to ever feel loved by God. Because if you, if you lose connection with that, then you're on a rabbit trail for the rest of your life. And that's where I found myself always feeling disconnected and then trying to do something to fix it rather than going, Nope, this is rejection speaking lies to me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start learning what it means to receive love from Father God and uh, stop trying to earn it from him, which was, that was very foreign to me because I always, I always sought to earn love. I was a classic performer and um, perfectionist. And it's like, not only do I have to be a doer, I got to do everything perfect and right. right. I was never settled, never at peace, never able to just land so then you talk about yourself. So if I'm not receiving that love from God and I'm constantly performing for him, that love has never been received. So therefore, I'm going to see myself out of an absence of love, which really moves into the arena of self-rejection. 
And, and, and when I teach on that subject, I like people to understand um, what the word hate means. Because when you look at what Jesus said about the word hate that's used in the New Testament, there's an interesting little definition of that Greek word hate. It means to love less. Mm-hmm. So, so when I love myself less than what God intended, when I don't know how to or love doesn't have a word, then now I have the presence of self-hatred as a mindset mm-hmm. that, that I see myself through that. Nothing's ever good enough. So here I am in this world of disconnection with God, disconnection with myself, and now I'm interacting with you. <laughs> so now you're going to get what I'm cultivating. So I'm either going to like perform for you, like mm-hmm. you put on my best face and God loves you and this and that, which in the long run is going to lead to burnout because I can't mm-hmm. sustain that. I can't sustain <laughs> loving people on fumes, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's where most Christians are. Most Christians are sick of people. there's they're sick of all the the hypocrites you know and 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 so i'm either going to perform or i'm just going to i'm just going to grow bitter and just say forget it i'm out i'm not even going to deal with people anymore and Mm. and i would say countless christians are moving into a spiritual isolation because they've had it and and the reason is love has not had its perfecting work and rejections created that sense of separation so um yeah, so that that's kind of an initial um, schematic of what of what happens, and then that leads into pathways. So the pathway of performance, the pathway mm-hmm. of spiritual slavery versus spiritual sonship. Mm-hmm. Then there's all these. It gets into our relationship filters. Right. How we get needy now. So now I need yeah. Twombo. I need Twombo to be something for me. I need right. you to listen to me. I need yeah. you to validate me. And when you don't, oh, you're going to get my fury because you're a bad person because you don't really love me. Mm-hmm. And now, now our relationships are so full of drama. You didn't yeah. click like on my Facebook post. <laughs> That was the first part in my exciting conversation with Mark De Jesus about rejection, about how burnt out people are in the church, um, about how the church is rejecting people that are not Christian, how people in the church are rejecting each other. It was such a great conversation, but I've cut it into parts so that you can really digest what we got into. Uh, And I was really excited to speak to Mark. You can check him out on YouTube, Mark De Jesus, M-A-R-K-D-E, and then Jesus, the Jesus, uh, and also his podcast is called Transformed You. You can just go ahead and Google that and find him. Great stuff. Um, and I will link all of his stuff uh, on the page of the podcast. So thank you so much for listening to Tea Time with Twombo. Go ahead and check out my website, Um, Follow me on Facebook. I have a page there as well. And I'm looking forward to bringing you more content that makes you think, hmm, Where am I? What am I doing? And how can I go forward? Thanks for listening.